All right, what's up? I'm back here with you. My name is Adam Hendershot, and this is Futurist. Um, this is episode number six for real. I think it's number six. I messed up some of the other numberings. Um, no, I no, I I think it really is six. I think it is because I messed I messed up the other numberings for my other episodes. But this is episode number six, and I'm here with Adam Cerny. Adam Cerny. Yeah. Hello. Tell tell the people a little bit about what you, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of an intro. So he's, I I did some research. I went to your Instagram page and your Facebook page. So, oh wow, um, you probably ba- saw a plethora of content. Yes, I did. <laughs> of course, no. He, you, yeah, he's been putting out content for a while. Um, yeah, but but on his Instagram, he uh, he said he's a tarot reader, um, astrologer, um, and I watched a video. Which one? And it was, it was, you were answering questions and I want to hear a story. I want to, I want you to tell the story about how you started acting before you were born. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. So that's such a great story. That's a very unique. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I, um, I did start acting before I was born because I, I was, so my mother, when she was pregnant with me was in a commercial. Um, and I believe it was for, I still haven't figured out like what it was. I think her memory is a bit foggy on it. If it was for a mega medication for women who are pregnant, but anyway, you see like a shot of her and she's getting up onto the, um, the patient table with the doctor and she's smiling and you can see her bump Mm -hmm. and that's me in there. Mm -hmm. So that was my first time Mm -hmm. on screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. So do you, th- do you think that had anything to do with you being an actor now? And that's something I didn't mention. Um, Adam is an actor as well, a stage actor. Yeah. Um, primarily, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. stage. Um, I've done some film work too. Yeah. Uh, primarily stage, mm-hmm. especially in this area. Yeah. Um, and uh, did it have anything to do with it? I think yeah. I was just, I always had a very um, uh, insatiably curious Mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. like and it was incredibly active from such a young age yeah. that I just I was very interested in people mm-hmm. all the time and and mm-hmm. uh, so I was one of those kids that like really wanted to have an imaginary friend mm-hmm. I would pretend to be different personas mm-hmm. alters whatever to like around my friends just for fun you know what I mean because like, mm-hmm. I could and then it became about storytelling Essentially, like I loved telling stories, and that's so that's what I, I, I do. I tell yeah. stories, yeah. Yeah. What, what's your favorite story? Wow. Um, my own. Your own. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite. I mean, so that's, but if I had to pick like a show, like a story or mm-hmm. a movie or something, like yeah. one that I've told, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know you've been in a lot of, like a lot of productions, so that that could be a pretty tough one. It's a very hard one. Yeah, uh, it, it's probably Angels in America, Angels part in America. one and part two. Yeah, um, it won the Pulitzer, um, mm. and it was about the '80s era mm-hmm. in New York City backdrop, backdrop of like Reaganomics and the AIDS. Mm-hmm. This. and it was a really important piece it was very long and it was an accomplishment for me and I can remember and it, this was an undergrad mm-hmm. and I was about to graduate and I, I can remember just how proud I was that I got the role and how excited it was I remember that emotion because mm-hmm. I got to be like an integral part of telling this just like specific story and mm-hmm. it was so important for me to tell it at that time mm-hmm. Cool. I think that was the most powerful, but everyone is special. Yeah. It has to be for me to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, I usually, I don't, I don't just do it to do it. Like mm-hmm. I have to really want to. Right. And I feel that it's important. Otherwise I can't, I can't just feign it. Mm-hmm. So what, what, uh, productions have you been in lately or what ones yeah. do you have coming up? I just finished Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. At Quest. I've, Super- I've seen that one. That's it's, that. That is a blast of a show. It's so it? cool. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, that was at Quad City Music Guild in Moline. Yeah. Wonderful place. I always have a great time there, and the cast, the creative team, 
everybody. Like, they were just amazing. And the show was surprisingly very athletic. Mm. <laughs> um, a lot of dancing. Lot, lot, yeah, just mm. lots of movement in general. Yeah. And I always like that. So, like, I like to move my energy through my body. Mm-hmm. And so getting to do a show like that, I was always in a good head, like, headspace. You know, like I, I, I noticed that correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, now I am working on a show called Silent Sky at the Black Box Theater, also in Moline. And it is about, it's a true story mm-hmm. about an astronomer uh, at Harvard. Her name is Henrietta Levitt. And she was, the, basically, her work was used to find out that there are more galaxies than ours. That we are one of many billions, you know, mm. that there is more out there, that there are things light years away. Right. And it was because of her discovery, a female. Mm. And so it is about, and it's, it's like this, like, hidden hero. Like, and so it, it's, it's nice that this playwright decided to tell the story and that we get to tell it as well. And it's, it's a beautiful piece. And then and I have a few more projects coming up after that. I don't like to have dead time yeah. between shows. Yeah. <laughs> I like to just pick up with the yeah. yeah. Cool. So, so what do you do with, with most of your time? Like, what do you, what do you do as far as when you're, when you're doing, um, you know, you're an astrologer. So, yes. So what, what does that look like? And, and Terry, so I am, I'm looking at my laptop, my, my, my MacBook a lot. <laughs> right. Because. <laughs> Um, I'm looking at a chart. See, I pictured I pictured you looking like up at the night sky, like I, epically or something like that. I, you know, I, well, I do, I do. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I take, I take like Adam time, and I take like a bath. Yeah. And uh, and I allow I like allow myself that time to you know chill. But uh, what I do with my time, I spend my time, yeah, working with clients. Uh, with um, I guess I to, you know to say what I do with astrology. Um, I would call it counseling astrology. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, just helping people understand their birth chart mm-hmm. at a basic level mm-hmm. and then bringing in like the way that the energy works. And it's just, it's one of many ways of looking at life and just in general, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's a different perspective. And through that perspective, there comes a lot of healing. And that's as a result of all this awareness. And suddenly mm-hmm. it feels like you have this huge download of consciousness. Mm-hmm. when you understand your own needle chart. So mm-hmm. I like to be there and to act as the guide. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I do. Like I, I have no bias Like mm-hmm. when I work with astrology. Like I, I see things as kind of you know, black and white as things are. So there's really no right or wrong or good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, I come from like a higher perspective mm-hmm. on it. That has seeped out into areas of my life, you know, which right. has only been good for me. Mm-hmm. Conf- it's been very confusing for other people. Sure. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. so th- how did you how did you get started with that? Like, tell do you oh, have a wow. do you have like a story that oh. kind of like triggered it, like got it going, or? I, well, I have a I have a, like a, I do have a creepy. Well, it's a kind of it's an interesting. Creepy's cool. Yeah, interesting is good too. It's, it's a story, <laughs> but it led me into this because it started with tarot. Yeah. And then tarot, because I, I do that as well, and I use the cards as just, oh, but the history behind the cards, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the archetypal energies behind them, and you can use them kind of like uh, poke your intuition mm-hmm. and get it going, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. really what I use the cards for. It's not so much like, oh, it's magic, you mm-hmm. know, because it's very woo-woo for a lot of people, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I got to the cards, I mean, oh, so... I'm sorry, my story, my story. Yeah, yeah. When I was seven years old, mm-hmm. I had this dream where I was standing barefoot in a sandy area. I remember that, it was sandy. And there was a young brown-skinned boy, like around my age, so mm-hmm. another seven-year-old. He was talking to me, and he gave me all this information and I can, re- I can remember really enjoying his time. And when he had to leave, I became very upset because I, I was losing a friend. But he felt more than that. He felt almost like he was part of me. And his name was Gazel. And it was imprinted in sand over the, like, this man-made mound near us. G-H-A-Z-A-L. Gazel. And I really liked it. He really liked my name. And he was including my middle name. And he kept saying, 
I, I love Adam Michael Cerny, Adam Michael Cerny, Adam Michael Cerny. Adam, and I was like, why does he keep saying my name? And like, mm-hmm. he liked the combination of the, 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 the three, right? And so it's like the one, one, one type thing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that energy floating around. I can't remember that. And he went away. I woke up from my dream and I can remember I mourned him for like two weeks. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I, I lost a part of myself. It was really bizarre. I was so attached to this dream. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was a very weird child, mind you. <laughs> very imaginative. Uh, yeah. But then I started seeing triple digits everywhere mm. from then on. Like one, one, one everywhere. Like, and it was just a thing. And other things came as a result of this. And I found out later as an adult just out of curiosity. I, I was like, Gazel, I was like, I wonder, you know, like what the name means. Cause I was looking up name origins and mm-hmm. uh, I found that he, Gazel was a real person, G-H-A-Z-A-L. He was a Muslim sage, brown skinned, who died in the year 1111 AD. Interesting. Yes, and my name, the origin of my name, Adam Michael's surname, means man, god, devil. Mm. So he kept repeating man, god, devil, man, god, devil, man, god, devil. And the, the triple digits made sense. And I was, and I, and I, that's always been weird. Mm. You know? That's the story. And so that, has, that prompted the, that kind of like intuition whatever you want, that, all the woo-woo stuff surrounding it, that's the story that prompted that. Mm. Then I seriously got into it in New York when I lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And in Manhattan, a friend of mine had a connection. She, her, she saw a, uh, oh gosh, uh, what can I call her? The s- superb clairvoyant. Like clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, her, I, to a session and she, I, I walked in and she had this reaction to me and I was like, I wasn't sure if it was positive or not. I was, I was trying to think, oh, what, what, what's going on here? Uh, and it was this like, she was giving me the energy that there was something about me that was special or different, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that, she, that she had saw it right away. Mm-hmm. And this is not the first time this has happened to me. Uh, this happened a lot. <laughs> so it, it always freaks me out. But he gave, she gave me some very healing, like direct messages that only uh, me and a certain somebody in my life who had, who had passed on <clears throat> would have known about. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how she could know these things. Mm-hmm. Because there is no possible way this person could have known these specific things. Mm-hmm. I can remember leaving that, and uh, I was crying, and <laughs> I mm-hmm. called my mother, because I, I, I was asking her, I was like, how in the world could she know this, mm-hmm. you know? And so I bought myself a tarot deck, mm-hmm. and it was an herbal tarot deck, so it had herbal correspondences, and that fascinated me, because at the time I was, I was really into my veganism and being healthy, and it, so that, that, you know, uh, that started it, and then the tail took on a life of its own. Right. Right. So that's how, yeah, that's how it started. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy story. So, so if you if you had to describe to someone who knows nothing about stars or mapping stars or anything like that, how how would you describe what astrology is? What, what is you know ology is the study of what's astro. <laughs> it's a study of you know our it's so we're looking at a snapshot of what was going on in our universe and by that I mean where were the planets and the stars in the sky mm-hmm. uh, where were they and where were they in relation to you right mm-hmm. because that has some kind of magnetic pull effect on you right mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is based on your location because it's very specific to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I ask for birth time and city when I'm uh, trying to erect a birth chart. Because right. I'm looking at a snapshot of your first breath mm-hmm. of energy that you took in this atmosphere. And so it sets like, like a, a blueprint 
and it can show you so much, but at a basic level, um, it's a way to map and look at your life. Mm. It's one of the most ancient forms of psychology. I mean, mm. the really the study of other people's minds. Mm. It's the, I think the most ancient form of that study mm. is astrology. I like that there is somewhat of a science to it. It makes sense to me that way because there is a woo-woo surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And that is put on mostly by the media. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to make it very practical mm-hmm. and, and talk about it in, in ways you know, where it's not just our client sitting there and just hearing words and thinking, I have no idea what this means, but it mm-hmm. sounds right. No, mm-hmm. I want people to actually understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because by doing that, they learn so much more about themselves. Right. It's a way to really become self-aware. It's mm-hmm. it's a tool, and it's about pattern recognition, and it's it's fun at first. You know, astrology is also fun because it reaffirms a lot of things that you have always wondered about yourself, mm-hmm. or, or or wondering what's going. You know, like why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a thing or, or it dispels the rumors, mm-hmm. you know, that you've created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that have a gut feeling about something. Oh, yeah. But they go against their instinct on some things, you know. And people betray themselves all the time. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's, so, so you help them realize that. Yeah, in, yeah. In a way, like, I, in a way. Well, they've, they've realized it by the time they've come to me. Right. Um, it's about trying to find the way, like, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, some people who come to me come, you know, as uh, referrals from friends, and they're just around my age because they're very, you know, my, this age group is it's a very mystical age group. There's a reason mm-hmm. for it astrologically. Pluto was in Scorpio during that, a lot of that generation. Um, yeah. Uh, Gosh, I got lost in, in that. <laughs> That's okay. No, so, no, no, no. It, was, it was good, right? No, but what was it? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Wait. Okay. That's okay. Hmm. But It'll come to me. One thing that we were talking about earlier was um, astrology versus astronomy. Mm. Could, you, could you explain the difference? Yes, definitely. So there is no, so astronomy, there is complete absence of Mm woo-woo. It is strictly mapping out constellations and stars. Mm -hmm. It is a science. Mm -hmm. Astronomer, it's it's the study of the, it's like the the genetics of what astrology would be. Right. And astrology takes into account um, humanity. It takes on, that's the nuance, I would say. Mm is that there's a humanity uh, feeling to astrology. Mm-hmm. Astronomy is a little more black and white, a little more concrete. Mm-hmm. So then, to, to put this into the context of, you know, the future. Yes. How, how, can, how can someone use, you know, use um, astrology as a tool for the future? You know, as, as a tool for... Um, understanding what moves to make, understanding, right, you know, yeah. I, and I, something that you talked about was pattern recognition, and that's a very common yeah. thing that people do to, you know, to predict the future. They do, yeah. So that that's the main thing that when people come to me, uh, is it comes down to uncertainty of the future, right? Mm-hmm. And the paradox there is that they're actually afraid of what's happened in, like in the past because mm-hmm. you, you cannot like literally be afraid of, fu- of the future because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You can only draw a conclusion, like a conclusion based on what you've gone through. But, um, you can use astrology beyond just your natal chart. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use it to create uh, event charts. And by that, I mean, you can find a time, a specific, uh, time and space you know that would be a good time to like initiate something start Mm -hmm. a business start a relationship marry on this day have a surgery on this day you know and and it's like what's the most auspicious time for this to happen Mm -hmm. you can use astrology that way to set you up for success you know Mm -hmm. um also i said you know 
nothing will trump your, your natal. You know, you have mm. to always go back to that because, and I would say always start there to get a clear understanding of who you are because you will realize that you are so much more powerful mm-hmm. than you could have ever expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of people are waking up to that. And mm-hmm. so from there, just ideas start coming out. You know what I mean? Um, you can use it in relationships. A lot of people come to me with relationship issues, like, mm-hmm. and not just romantic. You know, there's like familial issues as well. Um, working with coworkers as well. Mm-hmm. That's a really, I, you know, a, a lot of businesses have brought in astrologers to just, you know, just look at everybody's birth charts to get, like, look at patterns. Mm-hmm. See what's working and see if there are challenges. Okay, but there's always a way to make it work. Right. Like, uh, if you can harness this energy compared to this, and you can, that's how you can mm-hmm. make disconnects or road bumps in your own. Uh, right. Kind of smooth out. So, it's just it's it's about like uh, awareness. Yeah, you see, yeah. you can use it much more beyond the natal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and that's that's a lot of I, I've heard these stories about, um, you know, kind of a type of metaphysical healing, you know, of the body. Um, yeah. Just stories of people learning to use their brain as a tool to heal their body, basically. You exactly. know, understanding. Like, you know, believing <laughs> complete, like if, if you have a, a bad knee, quote unquote, or something like believing that your knee is fine and like behaving as your knee is f- like, as if your knee is fine. And then also, you know, I, I'm sure there's <laughs> physical things you can do to take care of your knee in the meantime, right. you know, science is still there, but still that just that energy of believing or of, you know, like healing Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's hard to explain. If you believe you're going to be sick, you will get sick. Right. Like, I promise you will. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it's when people, uh, I don't, I don't want to throw around buzzwords like manifestation or like, mm-hmm. no, I, but, no, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a proponent of, of manifestation. Mean, like, uh, yeah. You know, it's, like it's, it's, it's the way the, that the universe works. It's mm-hmm. the attraction. Yeah. And you, and through that, it's man, you can manifest, you know? Yeah. And so it's actually, it is very exciting. Like it's mm-hmm. very cool, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the people who don't understand it and then, uh, just, you know, just, you know, don't even pay mind to it. Mm-hmm. When they wake up and realize that it's very, it's always very cool to see. Yeah. That. How would you, how would you describe like in, in your experience, like what, what is manifestation like from your perspective? It's, a, like it's how, a, how do you experience it? I experience it. So I experience it as, no, okay. So no resistance, mm-hmm. which means I'm not trying to control anything. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm not pushing any part of myself away from me. So it's actually complete and utter expansiveness of self. Um, that, it, that is what manifesting feels like, is mm-hmm. being completely aware of how the universe works. And because really, then you realize that you're not very different from the energy around us in general. You know right. what I mean? Um, right. And uh, manifesting, you realize that it works on so many different levels, you know, on, on, on huge levels. And mm-hmm. you can undertake a big project, but that it's the way that the like, universe works. And then mm-hmm. you can implement it in so many different areas of your yeah. life. And then you realize that not only do you have a perspective, mm-hmm. but you have a higher version, mm-hmm. your, your gut instinct, which I would call the higher self. You know, that yeah. has a point of attraction as well because it holds perspective. Right. So, so for you as manifestation uh-huh. and um, visual, visualization, are those one and the same for you? It's a, visualization is a way of manifesting, I right. would say. Uh, right. For me, um, yes, in my mind's right. eye. Yeah. Right. Is, or maybe a better question would be, do you use visualization as a way to manifest the things that you want? Uh, sometimes like, yeah, through a guided meditation. Right. Uh, yeah. Or I will just work on like when I've cleared or at least quieted like my thoughts, you know, just to, 
I not so much look at the conditions around what I'm trying to manifest, mm-hmm. but just what does that actually feel like once it's there? Mm-hmm. What is that feeling <clears throat> like? What's that like? And then I, I just focus on that emotion. Mm. And, Ooh, yeah. that's really interesting you said that because that's, I, I heard this, ever, ever since I heard this, um, it was like a description. It was this talk um, and I think it was Tony Robbins' wife. I forgot oh, her name. I, I feel bad for not remembering her name. But she is, I can tell she's very like scientific in her approach. So this is how she, yeah, no, it was, it's really cool. So basically she said, basically all we are and all that we can like really have is memories. Mm -hmm. Like that's what makes up who we are and our identity and everything. So, and what she also said was that our brain doesn't know the difference between a fake memory and a real memory. If it, I mean, in real and fake meaning manifested in the physical world. Right. So like dreams are just as real in your brain as a real memory in the real world. That's exactly so, what I'm going to have to look up into her. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it was very, very mind-boggling to me. But basically, it's just the idea that you can attach whatever emotion you believe you'll feel when you're creating these very clear images yeah. of you know, memories in the future and um, just attaching these strong emotions to it and then all of a sudden it becomes real and then it feels real in the real world when you're doing whatever you need to do to achieve or attain whatever you want and then all of a sudden it's your reality and you're just seeing opportunities and things, you just start attracting things that propel you. It starts, start lining up Mm -hmm. almost perfectly to receive mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things that you put out there, right? Yep. Now the big question, because a, a lot of people are gonna say, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, it's not happening, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and I, but now because I'm offering like resistance, now I'm counteracting it, oh no, and then we just get ourselves into this like thing, right? But mm-hmm. you said like meeting your emotions, like meeting your feelings mm-hmm. is so very important in manifestation mm-hmm. because you have to understand that Okay, so what, what, what is a feeling, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Yep. Um, it's a meaning that you assign to an event. Okay? Uh, you know, and so we go back in time and we realize, so when was the first time that I felt this feeling, right? It, most likely, it was a defense survival mechanism that worked at the time Mm-hmm. And may not serve us the same way going forward because our minds are so malleable at the time. Mm-hmm. It becomes a pattern and a habit because that is our, our you know, that's how we're wired to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's going back and understanding that you can separate the two. You can mm-hmm. separate the meaning that you assign to it, right, from to the event, right? Mm-hmm. And look at the event on its own. Mm-hmm. And look at the emotion on its own. Mm-hmm. And then use the, the emotion and that's kind of what manifesting is, mm-hmm. is you're kind, of, you're, you're kind of grounding it and you're kind of taking it apart and then, you know, throwing it back out there the way that you want to, right. it to be. Right. So you're not uh, pushing it away, you're just reshaping it. Mm. Interesting. Because you, you, you can't literally push anything away. You just, it changes form. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Because it's when you're in... Uh, a completely receptive mode is when everything can line up perfectly for you mm-hmm. and it's usually when you aren't trying and once you put it out there it's like I always tell people like you don't have to stand and watch the garden for four months to know it's going to grow mm-hmm. you've already put the work in mm-hmm. you like just know it'll happen mm-hmm. and then keep going mm-hmm. because you have so much other work to do Right. Because you really do. And that should be exciting for people. And that's what I try to help people uh, see. That they, that they can, you know, potentially look at it like that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emotion yeah. is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, that's such a big thing because I feel like a lot of people don't believe that they can control their emotions. Right. Because, like, I think a lot of people are just very reactive to the emotions that they have. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's... It's, it's almost like a, 
like a muscle you have to exercise every day. It's like whenever you feel mm-hmm. like something is happening when someone else is saying something or doing something yeah. that makes you feel an emotion, it's like they shouldn't be able to dictate how I feel like, about well, anything. Why am I you know? so like, susceptible to these energies? Right. right? It feels like a right. psychic attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like the first step is becoming aware, like catching yourself and being like, okay, I don't need to feel negative about whatever they have going on. I don't need to feel... Jealous. I don't need to feel um, resentful or whatever the case may be. You know, because like I I always, I always tell people, even furthermore, you know, if they feel that way, I say, oh, okay, okay, all right, like, and if this has been like persistent, right, Mm -hmm. an issue about something, and it's like it's not going away, but they've been trying, say, well, obviously it's not working, Mm -hmm. so obviously it's not going anywhere. So let's get to know that feeling. Like, okay. So you kind of sit with it and just accept the fact that you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you're actually, you've actually been putting the pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? And when you let yourself off the hook, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. It's by yeah. sitting with it for a bit mm-hmm. and then realizing that maybe it's useful. Mm-hmm. And that it's, it's not that you, it's like, I'm not going to be negative. It's, I, I want to be positive. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, Move in the direction of what you want. Mm-hmm. Is why you just tell people. I'm like, think of it that way. Just move in the direction of what you want. It's like how you mm-hmm. tell kids, like as a lifeguard, you say, walk instead of don't run. Mm-hmm. They don't understand don't run, they, but mm-hmm. they understand walk. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to say, go in the direction of what you love. Mm-hmm. It's easier to swim downstairs. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think you can even get to a point in your in your own programming because you can program your own mind of oh, yeah. course oh, yeah. so I think you can get into the point of your programming when you can almost set up triggers in your brain when certain stimuli happen you almost shut off and that can't affect you anymore it's almost like you have like a force field like a bubble around you your body like knows what it and needs like, to do it, it's like a filter right yeah. and like the things that you want just filter right on in and things that you don't want just bounce off of you. You can't. Emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally. Emotionally, you know? emotionally too. That, yeah. that holds a, a perspective right. too. Mm-hmm. You can't be an energetic match. Mm-hmm. You can't hold space with them. Yeah. If you're like quite little, like the way I've seen this is you cannot actually hold space with something that you're not an energetic match to no matter how much you might want it to be there mm-hmm. or you know or you could be happy if it's absence, you know, mm-hmm. it depends, but, uh, yeah, those things cannot hit that force field, you know, because right. it, it won't line up energetically. So when people shift and people change, I mean, oh gosh, the feeling of, of disconnect is, is really hard for the ego mm-hmm. to feel, mm-hmm. you know, cause that I feel is our first trauma is disconnection, mm-hmm. the disconnect. And that feeling, that's why, you know, death is so hard for people and separations and breakups and relationship issues. It's all houses with, with disconnection. And then for people who are having their own issues with either, you know, motivation or, mm-hmm. or, or depression or mm-hmm. the whole gamut, you know, mm-hmm. or just wanting to know about themselves, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is, yeah. Yeah. Well, something was like, you just reminded me of something, um, you, you know, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. I um, do. Yeah. So he. I'm a fan. Yeah, and, and he was he was talking about like he's a clinical psychologist, he's and he amazing. was he is he is, and and he was talking about you know like a lot of the the troubles nowadays that people are facing, of course, are like practical problems. Like, I'm getting beat by my husband. You know, that's a practical problem. That's just like that's like a real life problem. But he's know. saying he's just like to stop being. Yeah. You're just, and it's true because that's. He, but 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 what but what he what what he says is like what a lot of the problems that aren't being addressed, in that people are having a lot of trouble with are the existential angst. You know the existential um, issues mm-hmm. like that and those that type of thing leads to you know like deep depression like that type of wanting to understand right. you know your existence and your purpose or what any of this is you think of and then not having the answers and feeling helpless you know yeah I mean we're being thrust into this territory that we were not you know primarily like, like coordinated to do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we weren't built for this as a species mm-hmm. but now we are this pack herd species that are now being thrust into this 
air, like higher thought territory. Yeah. It's a very unfamiliar, to, you know, just on a primal level mm-hmm. for people. And so it's, it's like a, but it's an area to play out all your contrasts, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson, oh yeah, he's, his thoughts on things are, it's, it's, it's so true. Uh, I, I like that you know how he gives attention to certain topics and how he disregards some be- because they truly like don't deserve the time and, and in that you can see why and mm-hmm. he knows that I think as he does it mm-hmm. I love how self-aware he is yeah no I mean he he's the type of guy where he chooses his words very carefully oh yeah so then he he really wants to make sure that and, and that's the thing he doesn't ever make absolute statements He's, he's aware of all these confounding factors to outcomes, you know? Yeah. Like I that. wonder how he can silence his mind. I would feel like I would be so... Like, my mind, the thoughts would be zipping around because I would be so aware of... Mm-hmm. Like, what's coming at me from all angles? Like, how mm-hmm. could this... Ma- like, how could this happen? Like, like mm-hmm. all the different scenarios. Mm-hmm. I could imagine that being a little bit tormenting. But mm-hmm. he, like, seems to handle it with such ease and well, poise, you know? Yeah. It's, well, very, it's very admirable for me. Just mm-hmm. It's the poise and the nuance and everything he says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think the thing, yeah, he, he's, he really cares about people, too, you can tell. Yeah. So it's just, like, he's really just... His, his podcast with his daughter is so cute. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's interesting. It's it's good. It's good. Yeah. No, he he's a very interesting person to listen to. He's a family he's, guy. I like that. Mm, I'll have to listen to that. I bet he has this soft side. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see his natal chart. Yeah. I would. I, yeah, that's something I should put on my to-do list is look at Jordan Peterson's natal chart. I think I'm certain it's online. Yeah. I, I look up people, like celebrity famous people or people I admire. Their charts often. Cats have needle charts too. Yeah. <laughs> My cat was a crier. Gemini, they're very chatty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But um, we're definitely moving into a time where I think in the next, I think by 2026, mm-hmm. I think that all, uh, this is going to be so much more mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's mystical stuff. This self-awareness mm-hmm. this forward thinking mm-hmm. I think because so many people are going through so much pain right now yeah it's like we're like squeezing through a portal mm-hmm. like through mm-hmm. an upgrade no for no for real and no, like I mean, our, our body has to get immune to it first yeah and, you know? and we were talking about it earlier like we're definitely in the middle of an industrial revolution yeah and I don't think like the general consciousness of you know just people in just all over the world especially in america i don't think it's in the consciousness of people here that you know it on a societal level and on an individual level like how do i assimilate into this new lifestyle into this new world right you know because employment will change everything um you know fundamentally fundamentally even like the like they're talking about the monetary system itself is just outdated, you know? Yeah, just like everything is just a bit outdated for the, you know, the abilities and the advancements that we that we have now, you know? Oddly enough, I've noticed with food, agriculture, mm-hmm. in general, we can't go any further with that. Mm-hmm. No one's going to buy into genetically made food, you know? Food. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of people just overall returning to the earth mm-hmm. to gather food. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, could, I mean, that's, it's a very Taurus-y thing to do, and there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on in that constellation. But yeah. um, there was a time, it, there was a different aspect. Food was rationed, you know, during mm. World War II, and there's an aspect there. Just food in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, but, but that's, I mean, that's partially the goal of this podcast, too, is to, it's called Futurist, yeah. and it's to... It's to help people start to see patterns, mm-hmm. start to be aware of the things that are happening worldwide and, and to understand that it's inevitable that, you know, yeah. that, you know there's a pretty, pretty big change in lifestyle coming in the next couple decades. So it's like... And it's, and it's nothing to be... And I, I always want people to know, like, it's nothing to be 
fearful of. Right. It, I don't, it's not you, like supposed to be alarmist. It's just it's more like, like, it's, like... It's like you can have such a role in mm-hmm. your life. Yep. Like you can decide how mm-hmm. you want your life to actually be. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you can play a role in that. You can, yeah, you because, because like with big change comes equally as big opportunity. Huge. So like that, that's the... And to let that... That's the thing. Yeah, to let that go away or to let yourself be stuck in that in-between, vacillating between not knowing what to do and, and, and knowing you're not going to do anything. It's mm-hmm. rough when you can be enlightened and it is coming like this this time and people are being kind of squeezed as like, if you know if you hadn't noticed <laughs> uh everybody has some kind of crisis going on you mm-hmm. know in their life or and if it's not you it's somebody you know i guarantee it mm-hmm. so anybody listening you, i guarantee it <laughs> yeah. yeah uh and um because people are being squeezed i, I think of it energetically is through this portal and their body is becoming immune to what it's going to be like in this next mm-hmm. consciousness. Like yeah. it's an elevation of, of force, mm-hmm. and to give that download to people who aren't awake as it is, I can't imagine mm-hmm. what that shift is going to be like. Because mm-hmm. a shift is going to happen. Yeah, it's happening. You know, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's it's been happening. I think for a while. Yeah. Or um, it's it's kicking into gear though. I can. I mean, can you feel it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of you know, just the, I think really what it is, it's just like this exponential rate of advancement in technology and knowledge, intelligence, and all these different things accumulating. And, but it's also all these other, you know, um, you know, these things that are happening economically as well, all these different economic bubbles, you know, we're just, you know, it's, there's that. And, and then there's also this automation and there's, I mean, there's all these things that, that are changing that, that that's leading to a complete um, change in the way that we look at work and life. You know what I mean? Work life balance and what yes. we're going to do with free time. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the question and how, and how we're going to consume things. What is like, our value? How mm-hmm. do we accumulate the things that we have and what does that mean mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. How does that equate to you, how you value yourself? Because mm-hmm. that's what it always comes back to. Do mm-hmm. you, I was wondering, do you see any like key, still like key date like, like years that you, that you think that you feel things will be happening? I've mm-hmm. I've felt at that like mm-hmm. kind of, uh, certain years like oh, this well, one's gonna I, be. I feel like something like by this time. Ooh, yeah. I think this so I feel like something big will happen this year because this is the last year of Trump's presidency. Yes. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like something's going to happen. Absolutely. And like, like, I, I just don't... We're finishing up a, a cycle. And I just don't think that he'll get elected again. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to have too much of an opinion on it because I'm not like... I don't really know how he got elected really. Or like how either. someone would get elected. Like after, like I don't know what that strategy would look like. But I don't, I don't know. From what I know, I can't imagine that he would get elected again. You know what it's I mean? It's going to be interesting to see... I mean, is he attempting to run again? I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. I, I, think he's, I think he's stated well, that, for but I'm not sure. For a good show, they're going to have to set it up like, with a yeah. really good candidate. Like, yeah. Like, from the Democrat Party. Yeah. I like that Andrew Yang guy. Is he gaining momentum? Yeah. Really? No, he is. He's, he, he's uh, he already... Andrew Yang. Yes. Yeah, no, he, he already qualified for the, pres- or the uh, Democratic... Really? Uh, debates. Yep. Hillary's not trying again. No, she is. Oh, no, she's running again. Okay. Bernie maybe, and maybe Hillary that be and him, and then some. I don't remember the other Democrats. It's but gonna have Andrew to be, Yang is in there. Uh, he, he's like fourth maybe, in polls I, I right bet, now. It would be great to see Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I would love, I would love for Palin to come back to the show. Palin? Yeah. Sarah Palin. Yeah, and I, I call... Sarah Palin. I, uh, Sarah Palin and my friend is, I come from Alaska. Uh, I, can see, I can see Asia. Because uh, no. uh, I, call, I call it a show because it really is a show. Mm-hmm. It's just it's smoke and mirrors, the whole thing. Yeah. You know? No, it, 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 it kind of makes idea, me laugh sometimes. It's like, it, what? <laughs> people think that it's not, like, orchestrated. It's like, come on. Um, yeah. But... Almost, like... Things don't happen and they're not planned. Like all the what people don't realize is that like things that happen in the economy and things that are happening today 
are a result of policies that were made like in 1990s, early 2000s. Like yeah. the actual effect of policies don't actually come into play for a very long like time. The next gen- yeah, yeah, it's, like it's like, that happens and, that, in and that's what happens when like, you know, the uh, pension bubble, you know, that already kind of burst and it's very, the, the, the generation that benefited from it didn't feel the pain from it. So we're going to feel the pain from yes. the social security bubble. It's that reverberation of yeah. making a snap decision in a right. rational end. Right. It, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And then uh, I, I don't know what other, some other government program is going to cover up the social security bubble, which is possible, but I don't think people, people will allow that people, to happen. People, people are too, too aware they're now. too conscious of that. Too many people in leadership positions are conscious of that. I truly believe that. Like, I you, believe you can't, too. I don't know. I, well, I, I believe in people's ability to see what's happening. I do too. And at some point be like, all right, well, when is enough enough? You know, I think we, or you're just like... I'm trying to think of like a good success. Well, not, never gets mainstream enough because of the media. I, moving back here, I realized how much media influences. Mm-hmm. I just saw it so much in New York. It was like flashed in my face all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see its impact because I was like, right in it. Here, like I saw, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. It really controls people's way of life. Mm. You know? Yeah. How you think about things. It's having so much more of an effect. And I think it's taken people's power away. Mm. And I see in the future... Things that are completely unexpected this year, mm-hmm. like happening this year, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, like things that like I see big changes. Mm. Um, I see some foundations crumbling and having yeah. to be rebuilt on a more solid foundation. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. Why, why I I seventy four bridges being rebuilt right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's really playing out everywhere. Mm-hmm. People think, are getting back together with their exes. Like, yeah, sure. That's sure. happening a lot, too. It's, yeah. Springtime, you know, rebirth, yeah. right? It's this returning to connection in doing that. See, that's the important thing here is that like, in, in, in like returning to connecting to other people, you always end up returning connecting to yourself because the other person is always just a mere reflection of a part of yourself, right? Mm. And when you pull yourself closer to you and you stop pushing away, then you gain the power and the knowledge and then you can spring forward so much more and you can play such a role in your life. Mm-hmm. And when the, cause bad shit's always gonna happen. Stuff, bad stuff. I don't know if I can say that. No, you can say whatever you want. Okay, bad shit, it's going to happen. Yeah. And nobody can promise you it's not, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. And you're gonna, you're going to, to slip up, you're gonna mess up. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not ever going to get it perfect, you know. Well, and, and that's what you were talking about: separating an event from the emotion. Right. Staying objective. Exactly. It's, there's a much bigger plan picture. Mm-hmm. You can get lost in like the surge of trying to figure out what that is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which can be maniacal and interesting too. Yeah. Uh, my Mercury sixth house thing. I, <laughs> I love it. It's maniacal. It's in that to figure out what that, that larger picture is. Um, mm. I, I have been been there a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. I know I was going somewhere. Well, I'll ask you one more question. We'll yeah. wrap it up here in a minute. But oh yeah, we've been talking. Um, so this is a question that I've been asking to my guests, and I'm just curious. So you know, I I think it's it's important to. Be optimistic about the future, yeah. but for you, how, how do you balance being optimistic, but being, but also balancing that with being real, realistic and having um, some pessimism, so that you know you don't always assume the best, and you can avoid pitfalls. You know, because I think there is a balance of the two. How, how from your perspective, how what, what's the best way to balance those two? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, how do you, like... Because there's a statistical, like, if you're, if you're trying to achieve something, per se, like there's, a, there's a statistical how, chance that you fail. How do you, like, 
How do you stay positive? How do you how do you stay like expansive, right? Like how do you right. stay fully conscious, fully aware, right, of like what's actually going on? Mm-hmm. You have to really integrate. You have to really connect. Mm. I I mean, with people, real people, not connect with your phone. Mm. You have to like form an energetic alliance because we live in a terrain of disconnection. That's our, that's our, that's our environment. Mm-hmm. So we must counter that by forming connection and then we bring ourselves closer to us. So um, to know that when you have those doubts, there's a reason why. That fear, that whatever that is, is coming from your emotional compass, and that's your guidance. It's, 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 it guides you your entire life. It's your mm-hmm. guidance system. So listen to it, like understand, okay, this is a fear of mine that's coming up. And then really look at it and say, what's the event? What's the emotion that I'm assigning to it? Literally say those words out loud, because mm-hmm. then you can do a separation. You can fragment the feeling mm-hmm. and make it a thing. And you can look at it for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Boom, you've got a broader perspective. Mm-hmm. So you looked at the emotion, which is a part of you. It's mm-hmm. a part of you that, that, that's afraid of whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. And that's how you integrate it back. Mm. That's really good advice. I hope so. No, no, <laughs> I, I actually haven't looked at it that way as far as like looking it, at each event and then really thinking, being conscious of the emotion that you assign to it. Yeah, so like, like let it come up so it doesn't have to come back up again. And then you reintegrate a part of yourself back into you. Mm-hmm. Because that is a part of you and it will always be an enemy unless you address it. So you just ask it, you know, uh, what, like, what, what am I assigning to you? Do I need to? Can I change that? Most times you can. Right? Because it's a false belief we've told ourselves. It, right. it, all, it, it all comes back to that empowerment. So yeah, just let those feelings come up. Don't, I mean, if you think, oh gosh, it's going it, to feel however you want to feel, you know, mm-hmm. then ask yourself why you're feeling that. Really tear it apart, kind of. Mm-hmm. Walk, like, like ask why five yeah, times like, in a row. You have to keep yourself <laughs> accountable. Yeah. You know, if you mm-hmm. keep yourself accountable for your consciousness and your presence, mm-hmm and you question why you do things, it can be a game changer. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going through the motions without realizing it. I used to be one of them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can know what it feels like. To, sometimes I'm, not, I'm, you know, I'm on the other side, and mm-hmm. so that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay to have those feelings is what I would say, because I would feel like telling you otherwise would just I don't want you to make an enemy of yourself. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it. Thanks, Adam, for coming on. Thank you, Adam. It has been a very... The two Adams. Or, yeah, the two Adams. <laughs> no, this has been fun. a great talk. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate um, And to all the listeners, um, thanks for listening Thank again. Thank you. Um, go ahead and listen to my other episodes as well. I'll have some, some new guests coming on and, uh, just remember to, you know, be excited about the future plan. Cause if you, if you're not doing that, if you're not excited about the future, there's not really much else to be excited about. So, <laughs> so a lot of yeah. full changes coming. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.